0: Got to give it a second. Oh, wait a minute. We are Carlos. We are live right now. Yes. Right. What is up, everybody? Listen, welcome to another Pendergast podcast. I'm your host, as Jules always says, Chris the whole effing show Simcoe, right? Unfortunately, Jules is not here uh, with us today. He, he's actually got a job interview. So I need everybody to send those good vibes out. And uh, yeah, let's hope he kills it and, and gets it. So, but anyway. What an honor it is to sit down with the legend himself, as many of you know him, all around the paddock, right? All around America. My man, Carlos, what is going on?
1: Oh, not much. Uh, happy to be on the show. It's an it's an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, man. I, listen, it was an honor. Me and you have been trying to line this up for a while. And uh, yeah, we're finally sitting down. We're here. Let's have a good time. I see uh, you're sitting in your van right now. So why don't you tell us where you're at?
1: Yeah. So, uh, during the week, I've got a day job testing motorcycles. I'm a calibration engineer. So, uh, I develop traction control, you know, ABS cows, uh, you know, all sorts of different active safety calibrations for various motorcycle manufacturers. Um, so yeah, taking the call here at the test track in my moto van.
0: That's epic, man. I love it, dude. I dude, what a job, right? So it, it, how did you end up doing what you're doing for your daytime job
1: yeah so uh you know i guess it all started back uh when i turned 18 i knew uh i loved motorcycles and ideally you know i wanted to race them but um parents never let me uh it was too dangerous right so um i had to start somewhere and i thought going to school for engineering um would be good it it, i'd be able to make some money and i'd be able to learn about motorcycles um and then while i'm while i'm getting started racing so Went to school for engineering um, and pursued my racing career at the same time. And, um, you know, 10 years later, I'm, I'm a pro racer <laughs> and uh, doing really well in the racing circuit. And an opportunity uh, came available here at Bosch to, uh, to take a test position. And, um, you know, with my background racing and engineering, it was a, it was a really good fit. So, yeah, got, got the job here uh, back in June of uh, this year.
0: Congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's, it that sounds like a really fun job. So do you actually ride the motorcycles and actually test it out? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I'm on a bike pretty much every day. Yep.
0: Bro, that's, and obviously you got what a, a certain amount of fleet of motorcycle, a variety of range of motorcycles or just a couple in particular.
1: Yeah, so we, ha- we have a bunch of our own motorcycles that we use for like training and and practice and stuff like that. Um, and then we get our customer motorcycles. So these are all like the OEM manufacturers that come to us to develop the calibrations for them. So it's, it depends whatever project I'm given at a time. Usually, you know, I'm assigned, you know, to uh, one or two different motorcycle applications at a time to work on. Once I finish those, we move on to the next bike and it's a new one. So we rotate through a lot of bikes and we have a lot of bikes we ride. And also, you know, with my coworkers, I help them out so I get on their bikes, which are different as well. Um, so yeah, we we ride a bunch of different things. That's what's your favorite? Oh, oh, uh, my favorite bike that I've ridden at work? Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't talk about it. Okay. All right, all right.
0: You're like, this is my girl right here, nobody else touch it. <laughs>
1: no, no we just, it's always good getting uh different different feedback from different people and different perspectives because people ride the bike differently and yeah. you want to be robust to all your different riders, right? You want a calibration that works well for everyone, not just one
0: person. No, nah, so that's Yeah. It's good getting a- multiple feedback. Absolutely. I was just, you know, joking cuz I you see, see see her right there. Yeah, that's uh, you can ride her, but she, yeah, yeah, but that's take care of my baby right there, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Carlos, bro, uh how did you get into motorcycles to begin with. Right. Cause I grew up in the Navy. My dad was a fighter pilot. Right. And, uh, obviously he rode motorcycles and I used to ride with him and that's my love of motorcycles started. Right. So who introduced you to the beautiful things of two wheels?
1: Uh, so it was my dad. Um, he rode, uh, he had like a little dirt bike when he was growing up and, um, he, he liked dirt bikes. He would take my brothers and I to Supercross, Um, so we'd go watch the Supercross races. Uh, later when I think I was like, you know, 14, 15, basically high school time, we f- we finally convinced my mom to to let us get little dirt bikes to, to start on those. So I wasn't able to get street bikes, but we were able to get on dirt bikes uh, in high school. And I trail rode dirt bikes with my two brothers and my dad. Um, and yeah, we did that in Northern Michigan, trail riding dirt bikes whenever we could. Um, and then, yeah, I watched Supercross. But I remember seeing uh, sport bikes in the dealership and I was like, Uh, that's what i want to (laughs) get my parents said hell no so i had to wait a little bit for that
0: yeah 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 so uh when i when i turned 16 i actually got a motorcycle i don't know how i convinced my my mom to uh into that one but uh yeah instead of getting a car i got i got a motorcycle a 1996 zx6r as a matter of fact red yes it was all firecracker red i never forget her right that was one bike i wish i would uh always kept my hands on um your first true love you know what i mean oh yeah but, but yeah so uh i grew up riding dirt bikes i didn't have my own my, my parents not my parents my dad was like hell yeah let's get him a bike my mom's like not gonna <laughs> happen right but fortunately for me the bases we went to i usually ended up with a friend that guess what had a dirt bike so bam there was my first uh learning riding right so i grew up riding other people's dirt bikes um and yeah just growing up just uh pinning the gas every well not pinning the gas i'll say uh just getting on there and learning right the basics of riding took a safety course and you know all that good stuff and ended up doing track days gotten a racing and yeah so all that fun stuff but yeah carlos so man tell us tell us how your 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 first motorcycle you bought transitioned into the legend you are today
1: (laughs) yeah so first motorcycle i bought it was uh a 2003 Yamaha R6. Nice. Um, so I I turned 18. I moved out of my parents' house. I got a job at Yamaha uh, Snowmobile Group doing snowmobile marketing. And some of my coworkers there uh, raced and did track day. So they kind of helped me get started and they steered me in the direction of this 3 R6. I got on the the Weira BBS forums. You know, back in the day. Yep. uh Found this bike in Virginia got my buddy uh to drive there with me because i didn't have a truck or anything um and he we drove there in his manual two-door Ford Ranger, uh and we drove to virginia picked this bike up stayed at the dude's house it was this guy selling his backup bike um, that he didn't use for racing anyway I drove it back um and i didn't know what track days were so um when i got started i just went right to race school um did my race school at at Grattan Raceway in April, uh, with team Chicago race school. I, I remember it very well. Cause, uh, it was, it was like snowing and there was like a little river that had kind of run across the track that had frozen and we had to pass like cross over it in the morning. <laughs> uh, so that was my first experience. Um, and then I went did racing and I was really slow at first. I got, I got lapped twice in my first sprint race, but I loved it. I was hooked. Right. So, um, I raced as much as I could afford, uh, which wasn't much in the first few years I was going to college. So I was a poor college kid, um, just did like a couple weekends a, a year. Um, so that was like 2009 to 2011 or so. And then, um, yeah, 2012, I did my first little amateur season. I finally started getting somewhat fast, mm-hmm. um, started getting some podiums started getting some wins and ended up winning the the amateur championship and then I was I was really hooked after that I was like okay this winning things real nice right so so yeah I went expert and then that year I also went pro cuz I like I figured out you know how many points I had to get my pro license and uh I started racing AMA pro back in the day um and then I did you know, just I could only afford to do, you know, a handful of pro races each year. So I just, you know, wild carded a couple of rounds for a number of years. Uh, but I kept at it, you know, raced as much as I could afford and kept kept improving. I was always, you know, focused on my lap times and just trying to get faster, which I still am today. Right. Um, and then, yeah, a few years ago, uh, thanks. Thanks in part to COVID, you know, COVID happened and my job went pretty remote. And uh, I never really had the time to to travel to do the pro series. Um, so, but being remote, I did. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going for it. I've been doing it a while. I think I can, I can hold my own. And, uh, and I did and got some really good results. Um, a lot of, a lot of top tens. And yeah, that was my first, you know, full pro season. And I've, I've been doing a full season ever since. And it's been awesome. And we keep, keep getting faster, just keep chipping away at it. So now it's like, got the the pro podium in sight we're so close and uh i'm feeling really good about next year
0: like i said everybody you hear this legend call it legend right here yes you see it on a search send it yes yeah, so anyway i have a couple so my man ryan Rawls. what is up ryan he says what is up super carl what is up? yeah
1: what's up my man Welcome.
0: yeah yeah jonathan what's going on my man so yeah man that's uh what a journey Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's, it's definitely been a journey.
0: Right. And, and it happened pretty quickly too. Right. You, you went from amateur to pro and yeah. Yeah. Like once,
1: now. yeah. Once I started, uh, I like something clicked in, I think 2011. Um, and I just like, I, you know, finally was close enough to people that I could like learn a little bit from them. And then once I was there, I was able to learn really quick and yeah, it, uh, the transition I remember from amateur to expert was a little tough and then expert to pro was a little tough too uh but then after you know a couple of years of doing that pro stuff i got really comfortable and it yeah we've just been kind of steadily chipping away at it getting faster each year that's
0: so uh your old school favorite race bike you you, you grew up racing
1: uh, man, what you're asking what my yeah favorite? right your favorite um, race
0: bike you grew up racing when you first started like oh man oh. the r6 was like my favorite i miss it or whatever
1: <laughs> well, I've really only had, you know, the R6 uh, until okay. recently. So, like, okay. I had that that 03 R6. And then uh, after, I think, my amateur year, I, like, a chain snapped and took out my engine cases. So, I was like, all right, time to upgrade. And I got the, the, 08 to six, or the 06 to 16 Yamaha R6. And I was on that for 10 years, you know. And yeah. that same bike I even took and did my first full pro season on. And then uh the last couple of years I, I switched to first the Suzuki g6r 600 and then the 750 um, so yeah my favorite bike uh, growing up it's got to be the
0: r6 because I was the only one <laughs> right yeah so how you like the 750
1: uh it's nice uh you know there's there's definitely advantages and disadvantages to it Um, I really like the power delivery on the 750 it's a it's a lot more like linear torque. Um, and it, it feels like it just, it kind of pulls harder coming out of the corners. So, you know, the R6, you'd really have to scream it. Uh, this one feels like, you know, you've got more torque, you can accelerate a little harder. Um, it's also nice in the fact that it's detuned, uh, rather than building an engine, you know, up to the, the horsepower levels and that basically means I don't have to rebuild the engine all the time uh so that's really nice too um it's it's powerful and it's going to last a long time um where we have been struggling with the 750 a bit is we've had some uh, some electronic issues uh gremlins that come and go randomly and intermittently it seems um so we've been struggling with that but it's uh you know it's Prototype fly by wire system that was developed in the ECU and everything. So, we knew there was going to be a little bit of learning. Um, and, you know, we're working with Team Hammer, Chris Ulrich. He's done a great job developing that system and he's constantly improving it, constantly tweaking it, and, you know, rolling out all these updates and fixes for us every weekend. So, you know, both of us together, we're, we're working on it and uh, we're making some good progress. And yeah, I'm hopeful that it's going to be a little more robust for us this year and we'll have, um, some good results but yeah when that bike's working and we're not having issues it's it's really nice it's a super enjoyable bike to ride
0: yeah it's uh it's also a a lot cheaper to race because like like you said going in the engine rebuilding engines you know six ten thousand dollars right i mean it's it's uh yeah it's they're not cheap but ryan yes ryan you did and i actually seen the picture myself on on uh what was it instagram or facebook but carl man just bought a sweet uh cbr 900 rr yeah man tell us about that yeah
1: yeah so i've uh i've kind of lately been on this like 90s sport bike kick i mean i've i always liked them right because like when i grew up i wanted those sweet like all the 90s colors that were just rad and awesome like i wanted that my parents were always telling me no And now that I'm older and I've got some money, I'm like, I'm buying some 90 sport bikes that I've always wanted. So I'm always scouring, you know, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, looking for deals. And I have some buddies that send me deals when they see them. But yeah, just uh, first, I I started my 90 sport bike kick. I got a a CBR 600 F3, a 96. And then I actually, I got a second one and both of them, you know, needed carb cleans have been sitting, but we're in really nice shape. So I've been like going through them and restoring them. Uh, and then, yeah, this 900RR, this one actually ran fine, ran great. Um, it just popped up and I I immediately drove to go pick it up. It's awesome. It's like, you know, purple and high-vis yellow. It's a 95. I've been looking for a CBR900 for a while since I got those F3s and I snagged that one. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I haven't really done anything with it. I only got it like a month or two ago um but i'm gonna be going through it this winter putting some fresh tires on it you know changing all the fluid just getting it ready to go um and then i also actually picked up one more 90 sport bike recently that i'm, I'm super excited about uh it's a 93 yamaha uh yz yz f750r i think that's nice it's, yeah it's pinky pinky it's yes. blue and it, it is mint i uh, oh, got it from yeah. this old dude and i mean there it looks like it rolled off the the dealer floor like it is mint and clean
0: and i'm super excited about it so i i, I can't wait to see it you definitely have to post some pictures of that beauty for sure yeah
1: i'm waiting until i get them all cleaned up and all ready to go and then yeah i'm definitely gonna do some some photo shoots some videos like i got some cool stuff in mind that'll be coming down the social media pipeline
0: nice are you actually gonna ride them
1: Yeah, I don't know about the pink, the pink one, because it is literally like perfect. And I'm, I I don't know if I trust myself to not (laughs) scratch it or anything. Right. But but the F3s, I've ridden those already. And you know, I test drove the 900RR. But that one, I'm definitely gonna ride that one's got like a few small scratches already. So I'm not too worried about, you know, dinging that one up. Um, Yeah, the 93. I don't I'm that one might just stay in the garage and look at it for a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, so, uh, one of my dream bikes, I started doing it too, but mine's not a 90s. I got a, um, always wanted the RC 51. So I found one in North Carolina, Eden, North Carolina, because I'm in Roanoke, Virginia, right? So it was like an hour and 20 minute drive, hour and 15 minute drive, something like that. Um, it was, it's an 03, it had 15,400 miles on it, um, with a single Leo Vinci full pipe on it. Man, she's, she's a beauty. And, uh, yeah, so I know what you mean. I, I love to just go out there and just stare at her. I love you so much, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Fire exactly. up, listen to her. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, sit on her and pretend I'm Nikki Hayden or Miguel Duamel, right? And oh, just, yeah. Yeah, make funny yeah. noises. Of course, our women come outside and look at us like, what is wrong with y'all, right? I mean. <laughs> Boys <laughs> hey, and what, their toys,
1: right? right? What can
0: we say? That our love is uh, is deep when we love something, we, we, we really, really love something. So yeah, That's man. Right. Yeah. So, uh, dude, the cost of, uh, racing back then versus now,
1: um, is there
0: a real big major difference? Like, are you, past, talking, are you I'd talking, I'd say the past eight years.
1: Okay. Are you talking going from like club racing to pro racing or just the, the difference of eight years time?
0: Uh, both.
1: Okay. So, yeah pro racing definitely more expensive than club racing i mean you're going through a lot more tires you know your fresh tires every session to be competitive you know you have to pay for crew guys you have to pay for transport because you're going all over the country you know you got a bunch of logistics stuff you got to get shirts made you're you're spending a lot more to promote sponsors getting like canopies made you know things like that um so yes compared to club racing you know, you can you can make tires last a little longer in club racing, you know, because the, the competition's not as high. Um, and it's it's you can do more regional stuff so you can reduce costs. So, yeah, I mean, it's I would say. 100, 200 percent more expensive just from like club racing to pro racing. Uh, and then, you know, just in the uh, the, the difference of the eight years, um, it's costs have gone up. Um, not a huge amount, but definitely significant. You know, I think a lot of it's just from like inflation and and things like that, but, um, you know, that's, that's a little less significant than the jump from, from club racing to pro and the increase of costs. So yeah, it's, it's definitely more expensive now, but, uh, at this level, we're also able to bring in more money to, to pay for it all. So you know, pretty much this, the profit and loss has never really changed. It's just like spending more, making more, right. Yeah. Spending less, making less.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So uh what about this? Like when you first went from amateur in your first AMA season as a professional, the cost difference between that, was it like $10,000, $15,000? I mean, was it a significant jump just from that one transition?
1: Well, yeah. Like I said, when I, when I, first got transitioned from like first you have to go from amateur to expert and then you have to get so many points from expert to go to pro and yeah when I did that transition to pro um it was quite a bit more expensive like I couldn't afford to do the whole championship to a whole pro championship so that's why I was saying I I would only do like one or two uh close local you know pro races each year um because then I could keep the travel costs down um and I could do them so yeah, for probably, you know, six or seven years, I would just do one or two pro races a year, pretty much road America, maybe like mid Ohio, maybe, you know, Pittsburgh. Um, and that's it. Cause that's really all I could afford. Um, and yeah, the jump is, it's quite significant. Like, I don't know, a, a club club weekend, you're probably spending a fifth of what you would spend on a pro weekend
0: roughly. Yeah that's yeah maybe a quarter yeah so how was uh the uh, first time at daytona on the baking? Uh-huh. yeah how was that what's that like because i've never been and i want to go i'm gonna try to make daytona this year i'm definitely going to be in atlanta and jersey but i'm gonna try to make daytona cool um, but but what's it like riding the baking
1: yeah so it's you know everyone says it There's there's no other track like daytona it's you know it's something else you may do other speedways but it's nothing really compares to Daytona. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know much about the track. Like I just knew the name and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like a top level track, but I didn't know like the banking or the layout when I first went. And man, let me tell you the, f- the first time I rolled through that tunnel and I saw the banking, I was like, wait, we're riding on that. <laughs> like it- It's so steep when you see it in real life, like the cameras never do it justice and you have to like see it, to, like realize how steep the banking really is. So that was a little intimidating. Um, but then I got out on there and first couple laps, I think I was even more intimidated because <laughs> like, it's scary. Like I, I, I didn't even want to go up the banking. Like I was just, you know, kind of going slow down at close to the apron, uh, like while I was getting comfortable. And, uh, then when I tried to go up the banking the first couple of times, I'd get close to that wall. You kind of get sucked in a little bit with the wall draft and that's scary. So like, it was pretty intimidating at first. And then also like the first time I went out, it was the morning practice and coming around uh, the first set of banking that you'll go on it. Like the sun shines directly in your eyes. So you're oh, like no. blinded for like four or five seconds. And now like it's no big deal because the banking will just kind of carry you, and you just hold it pin. But at the time I'm just scared because I'm going like, I don't know, however fast, like 150 and can't see anything and I didn't know which way the track went so it was scary it was intimidating but after I don't know five laps or so I started figuring it out started talking to some guys that have been there before they gave me some tips and everything and then you know now it's like I can run that place with my eyes shut like it's actually one of my more relaxing tracks because you can there's a lot of time to like rest out there but right. at first it's 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 kind of intimidating it's scary but it's a very cool very unique experience it's awesome going super fast it's awesome. Like you might get a little draft at a lot of these other tracks, but like there's nothing like drafting at Daytona. That is like, it's all, it's like a whole nother thing. You got to learn. It's, yeah. uh, it's fun.
0: Well, so obviously saying that you, you obviously, do you gear your bike towards more banking on getting the draft from people there?
1: Yeah, you have to. So Daytona is a very tricky track with, uh, with gearing. So yes, you, you gear it for the draft. So, you know, you wouldn't, you if, if you got to gear your bike for the draft because in the race you're gonna be drafting other people. You don't want to just gear it when you're out there by yourself pushing wind because if you do that and then you get in a draft, you're gonna be bouncing off the rev in sixth gear like it won't be tall enough. So you you gear it. You go out, you get a good you know draft going in practice, and then you gear it for that draft. So it's like a little taller than you'd want just by yourself, but additionally uh the wind plays a really significant part at daytona so like any different any given weekend at daytona i can i can be you know up one or even two or down up up or down even one or two teeth in the rear sprocket just like changing wind direction that can affect it too and uh it's it's definitely a track with a lot more to consider uh for gearing selection
0: I bet, and and I'm sure it's super tricky, just like you said, right? It's uh, depending on the wind, so higher wind speed, you definitely gonna have to change your gearing and yada yada yada. Yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, do you think that uh, does Daytona count towards 600 Super Sport points for the season?
1: Nope it's no. a it's a one off uh, event um, that they do with Super Sport rules, but it doesn't
0: count towards the championship. Yeah. Do you think it's something it should be?
1: um you know i don't uh maybe like last year when we were doing other endurance races you know pit stops and stuff maybe then but seeing how this year we're not doing any more endurance uh races and this is a you know unique endurance race um i i don't think it should be it it creates a lot of cost for people so if someone wants to do the championship now they have to go get a bunch of quick change stuff a quick build tank dump can you got to bring like six crew so I, I like leaving it off because then it gives people the option if they want to do the championship and it they can, but they don't have to. So
0: I, I like having it be its own standalone thing. Yeah yeah I mean and that makes a lot of sense you know but 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 I hear it from both sides right Yeah, I think it should. No, just like what you said right case in point it's it's such a unique track and such a unique uh, bike setup quick change because that quick change stuff is not cheap. It's it's expensive alone, right? And then, yeah, the gas tank and the the fire extinguishers and the guys got to have the fire, you know. Dump seat cans. Right? You, yeah. need, you need the
1: impact guns. You know, yeah. you got to train crew. You need special stands to facilitate like the quick wheel changes. Like, you know, you're talking like ten grand. You're at least you're probably going to throw into it to get ready for this race.
0: Yeah, but it's worth it, right? Oh yeah, it's oh. so worth it.
1: I've gone ever since I did that first Daytona. I've gone to. Every single one, except for one when I was injured, um, but every single one, both the the fall and the, the springtime one since that first event in 2012. So I've gone, you know, 22 times to Daytona
0: now or something. That's awesome. That's so is, is that suffice to say that that's your favorite track on the calendar?
1: No, it's not. Oh. I mean, I like Daytona. It's definitely up there, but it's it's not um, my favorite track. Hands down is Road America that, you know, was all those wild card rounds I was doing every year I did road america I love that track you know it's it's so long there's you know super long straightaways hard zones which I love the fans are amazing the facilities amazing like showers food everywhere you can watch from literally the inside or outside of every single corner on that track it's incredible the downtowns amazing uh, everything about road america I love um and then uh some of my other favorite tracks, Coda, which I just did for the first time this year. Uh I love that track. That's super sweet. Um it got my best result there. So Nice. That, that's definitely my second favorite track and then probably Laguna is my third favorite.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been to Laguna once. I went uh in 2005, the first year Moto GP come back. Um which was awesome. I met everybody. It was Max Biaggi, all of them. It was uh First time I got my Rossi helmet signed, you know, all that good stuff. It was nice. – that track's magical. A lot of people, like what you said, e- even at Texas, uh, it, turn one at Coda is like – it don't do it no justice, right? And when you crest to the top, it actually bottlenecks before it goes down to the right, right? So it forces everybody to – and then spreads back out, which which was pretty cool. Uh, and Laguna, right, top of the corkscrew all the way down to, to turn 11, it's just you're standing there looking like, yeah, this is – it's uh it's intense right uh so what's it like to ride coda
1: oh man well i can tell you this year it was hot <laughs> um but it was it was really cool like um you know coda is a, a world level track so i gotta practice it on video games and stuff before i went there so i had a pretty good idea of the, the layout of the track but um man it's really cool like turn one like you said uh well just the track in general i uh, I, you never get a good feel for the elevation of the track until you're actually there it's like cameras and video games don't do it justice and then when you're there I'm like oh man this turn one is like you're going up a mountain in the braking yeah. zone um, but yeah that I love that like I, I don't think I've ridden anywhere else that has such a steep uphill in the braking zone which just allows you to just des- decelerate so quickly so that's that was really unique and that's one of my Areas I'm really good is on the brakes. Um, in one area, I really like. So um, this track played really well to that. It had a uh, has a lot of like hard braking zones, um, which I, I very much enjoyed. Um, and it's it's fast. It's got some flowy sections. It's got a re- really long straightaway. Some some technical sections. It's got a little bit of everything. But what I what I really like is a lot of passing opportunities. Um, it's not hard to pass at that track. You can, you can get it done quick. And um, yeah, it's, it's just cool. It's a, it's a cool facility. You know, it's really, it, you can tell they spent some money on it and it's really nice. Yeah, and you, it feel, you feel like a rock star riding on it.
0: You do. I've never ridden it, but I've been there. Uh, me and one of my best friends, we usually go every year. So I've been, I think five or six times Dakota um, for the GP race. And it's a, uh, it's a magical place for sure. Right. It, it, it's not that bad of a walk to get around either, right? Because they have sections you can actually cut across and, and all that good stuff. And the tower is amazing if you get on top of that, you know, and, and see the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, turn uh, twelve. See, coming out of twelve down that back long straight, and I think it's thirteen. Is that real sharp left hand corner, right?
1: Uh, I think that sharp left hand corner might be twelve.
0: Okay, might be okay.
1: eleven coming onto that okay. long straight.
0: All right, so that hard bra- is that the hardest braking point on the track?
1: No, probably, probably. T- I mean, you're you're slowing down the most for that corner. You're like the the speed differential from you know where you start braking to where you stop braking is the biggest there because it's such a long straightaway. You're going faster, but I feel like turn one you have the the most deceleration because it's uphill, so you can really get on the binders, you know, and really yeah. slow down
0: quick. Yeah, it's so it, it, it you have to set your bike up different because of, of of turn 1 as far as the front end goes so you didn't bottom out.
1: Um so all right, so setting it up different for turn 1. Generally, uh we don't try to like optimize the bike setup for one specific corner because then, you know, it's going to hurt us in other corners. So it's always like a trade-off you're trying to you're trying to, you know, find the best balance. Um right. but the question about bottoming yes we definitely at a track like coda we wanted to make sure we weren't bottoming on the brakes because when you bottom on the brakes then then you're you know you don't have good bump absorption capabilities in the front like if you hit a a bump it's easy to lose the front your rear wheel is going to want to lift up because it doesn't have any more front suspension to absorb some stuff so it's not good to be on the bottom. So, yeah, we, we definitely wanted to ensure we weren't bottoming out on the brakes, especially with, you know, so many hard braking zones at coda. So we did set up the front um, so, you know, stiff enough, had an, enough damping that we wouldn't be, you know, stuck on that bump stop in
0: the braking right. zones. Yeah. Yeah, because once you get to that point, your front tire kind of acts like a, a, a suspension. I touched my, my micro my microphone super sensitive. So if I just barely no it cuts on and off right so uh so your front tire once the front forks bottom out and you do hit a bump or whatever your front tire i guess in a sense would kind of be like a little suspension so try to give more and make that extra grip and obviously you already know it It don't and that's when yeah the front yeah, is bye-bye right and, i mean
1: uh, your your front tire is always acting a little bit as a suspension right but then it's right. when you are on the bump stop now you're just losing your actual suspension on top of that, right? So now yeah, you're just right. stuck with that tire, and yeah, the tires are great. Like the Dunlops, the, it's incredible what they can do, and you know how much how good they've gotten. You know they're constantly developing them, um, but you know just like anything, you can you can only push stuff so hard until you find the limits. So.
0: But that's what our sport's about. You got to push it to find a limit. and that And, and right. then you know where to improve, right? Okay, I think I can go faster if we do this and this and this, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah. listen, my good mate, Dustin, man, I just had him on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Dustin, uh, hey, he's awesome. Dude, he's uh, – listen, I – Dustin is is he's a legend to himself and and what an honor it is to be friends with him. And he's he's awesome. But anyway, he says, Carl, great job this year, homie. Can't wait for next season. It's gonna be a dog fight. Definitely we will have more eyes on us. Next generation super sport. Yep.
1: Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate it. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to Dustin, too. Uh, he's, he's been a tremendous help to us all year. I can't tell you how many times we've gone over to Dustin and asked him for, you know, advice or, or help on something we're struggling with, with getting the bike set up. He is just a uh, a library of immense knowledge, you know, very talented, very intelligent, um, and a great dude, you know, love spending time with him in the paddock. So thank you for the kinds of words. Can't wait for next year, Dustin.
0: Yeah. Dustin's awesome. I actually. So he's been, me and him actually been friends for a while and I, I, I met him in Jersey this year, just like I met most everybody in Jersey this year. And, uh, um, I only got a chance to see him for a second cause he was coming out of, uh, not part for me, but, uh, where You guys go in, in, in tech, in tech, yeah, and then they're walking over, and I was like, Dustin, what is up? He's like, hey man, what's up, you know, and all that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was great, man, it's good stuff. So, New Jersey, Carl, bro, that was rough, wasn't it? The rain, and yeah, wasn't yeah. pretty, was it?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a tough one, you know, last round of the year. Um, yeah, the rain we were thoroughly soaked like pretty much all weekend right and uh yeah our electrical gremlins came back you know it can't they came for other people too. You throw that much water in a bike it starts getting its way into the connections and stuff and has some issues but yeah we're uh you know i like i like the rain uh it was fun but i also just you know that was a tough weekend wanted to make sure i got through
0: it on two wheels (laughs) That's right. Everybody did. I mean, it was me included, right? It was it was rain and then uh yeah, it was a lot of rain. Uh Jules, he he actually uh corner marshaled on Friday and Saturday now. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. Something tells me it was Saturday, but uh he he eventually found me and he's walking through the paddock, slumped over like this, just drenched. He's like, Can we please just go back to the hotel? I'm done. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, bro, let's roll. Yeah, yeah. But uh man, being a corner marshal, you know, that's uh what a job that is, you know. It's a big salute to him and everybody that does it cuz without them guys, you know, uh the legend right here and everybody else wouldn't be able to get out there and uh pin the gas and and have fun. So, yeah, thank you to all everybody that does it. It's uh it's very important. It, it really yeah. is. So, Carl, the beginning of this year 2023, your expectations coming in versus the results towards the end of the year. Is it a great season? Rate it from 0 to 10 your season uh probably like
1: a six i would say um we we had our sights set a little bit higher um we had some some issues i think we could have achieved it um which that's why i rate it lowly it 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 sucks when you you know you could do better than you did um and i think this year was one of those we you know we had one you know one of the endurance races we fumbled our pit stop we we were in seventh and we knocked out the rear brake pads when we were changing the rear wheel and lost a ton of time. So finished far back in that one. And then the other endurance race, um, we, we were doing pretty well. I think we were like ninth and, uh, another rider crashed right behind us and their bike slid into me and took me out. So like, you know, that was another one we couldn't really control. And then, uh, then we, we missed a lot of track time this year with some, some bike issues as well. Um, but when we were, when we were on it, mistake-free, and, and not having any bike issues. We did really well, um, and you know that to me tells me we we've got a lot of potential more than uh, the championships results show this year. I think we finished tenth in the championship, and you know really we were we had a target of top five, um, and I think that's doable. Um, we just gotta we gotta clean it up. Um, we also had a goal to get a new personal best race finish, um, ideally top five. Um, We got sixth, which was a new best finish for us, and we also had a new best qualifying, but um, fell just a little short of our top five goal. So, you know, our target target next year is, yeah, definitely some top fives, and we really want that podium, that first podium.
0: And you know what? It's going to happen. 110 percent dude it's gonna happen i'm excited so goals for this year like like your expectation going into to this season this is going to be another full season or
1: yeah so uh definitely another full moto america season Um definitely going to do the daytona 200 and the loud classic again i had a lot of fun at that (laughs) event um and both those races have a really big purse so for me uh that's that's a big motivator so we're going to do those two races and then uh yeah moto america again probably super sport. Uh, there's a chance, maybe some different, a different championship or multiple championships, but, uh, still working out those details. Um, but yeah, we're going to do full season. Um, you know, we've we've continued to close the gap to that podium. I, I remember at Coda, we were less than six seconds away from the podium it was the first time like I could actually see the podium, <laughs> like when I crossed the finish. So that was like, really cool.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah,
1: ju- like just in sight, right? So so yeah, our goals are like we want a podium. Um that, that would be the ultimate thing. Um, we want top fives, you know, anything where we get a new best race result is good. Um I always have the goal of, I want to improve my lap times at every single track we go to, assuming, you know, it's, it's dry and stuff. Um, so yeah, I want to get faster at every track we go to. Um, yeah, let's get a bunch of top fives. Let's get some new, you know, best race results, best qualifying podium, you know, let's do it. That's, that's the goal.
0: I love it. I love it. And I I, mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be, Proper mega for sure. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, it's gonna be uh, fun. so going into, let's say it, it happens if you, you race in, in two multiple different championships, uh, uh, would you race a bagger?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I definitely consider a bagger. Uh, in fact, I was considering one, uh, this, this past season. Um, you know, it's, it's a class where there's, there's a lot of fan draw, which is really nice and you get a lot of factory support. There's some good money in that class and, you know, I've always been a fan of like ripping things fast that maybe aren't supposed to go super fast, <laughs> kind of like baggers, right? Yes. So I'm like, I mean, send it, right? <laughs> like baggers it exactly. is like a great send it class. So I'm all for it. Like I want to go and I want to, you know, go fast on anything. Baggers you know, thousands, I've been doing some thousand riding. Every time I hop on a thousand, I'm like, these bikes are so much fun. I right. <laughs> just want to ride them. Uh, right. So maybe maybe something on a thousand, maybe bagger. Yeah. Super hooligan? Uh, maybe. That one, yeah, I'm not really thinking about as much. I mean, I would do it. I'm sure we could get some good results. We could probably get our first podium in that class pretty easily, maybe. I don't know if I'm talking out my ass or what. But I, I, I'd i like to think we do well. But All right. Um, yeah, I'm always trying to improve. And I, you know, I think the classes that are going to push me are, you know, like super sport baggers, super bike, like those classes. So I, I like, I like going and chasing the the really fast guys. Cause that's, that's how I learn the quickest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's the old saying, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, man, that dude. So my dad, I brought him to Jersey. It was me, him and, and my son Rossi. Um, and, uh, uh he was dude. I want to go see the Indians. I gotta go see the baggers, blah blah blah. So come on, I'm gonna introduce you to, to my friend Max Flinders. He actually races. A bagger so let me walk you over there and, and the guy's like yeah uh i forget the guy's name uh that was actually working on his bike said, yeah come on in man and, and check out brandon. the bike. My, yeah okay yeah brandon dude brandon my dad's was, eyes yeah. were like this big bro i could I, i'm standing outside talking to max just watching my dad in my peripheral and his eyes are like this big he's like oh my god drilling all over it he's like this was nothing like my old harley i was like <laughs> nah dude this this is <laughs> Yeah, so these are proper weapons right here. Yeah. yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Those those are proper race bikes. They're 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 a good ways off of what you could go in the Harley
0: dealership and buy. Right, right. So, and I, I, I'm sure uh, that class is very expensive, probably to get into.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's like a super bike class now, you know? They're yeah. spending lots of money and it's got good factory support. Like it's nothing to scoff at at class. No, it is not. It rips.
0: It does. And uh so I also hear that uh it they're going to be in BSB. How awesome would that be?
1: Yeah, I've heard I've heard that a little bit. Uh and yeah, I think that's awesome. Like anything that grows the sport is great. And the baggers definitely seem to draw a lot of interest.
0: Well, it does because it brings the, the baggers before when it was nothing but before the baggers we'll say, right? It was just all crotch rockets, right? And there's not a lot of Harley Davidson people that are into crotch rocket and racing, right? They'd rather go watch drag racing or NASCAR or whatever. But once the baggers and the Indians, you know, the Harleys and the Indians come into it, yeah, we brought a whole new audience. And and honestly, that's what's keeping Moto America afloat is the bagger class, I think, right? Um, it, it's, it's uh, man, they just bring a different aspect of, of viewers and groups of people, right? And, and hopefully some more outside sponsorships.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know,
0: um, so would you ever consider going across the pond and racing in BSB?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's tons of tracks over there that I'd love to try. And um, I've raced with uh, a bunch of, you know, uh, BSB riders that have come over here. And uh, they're they're great dudes like um, the True Love Brothers, you know, I was just saw them at Daytona and I've raced with them and I've had a lot of fun. And yeah, I'd love to go check out, you know, their series, serious what their tracks are like, you know, and, and see how I can hold up over there.
0: Yeah, so BSB is my favorite uh, race organization in, in the world, uh, over MotoGP, World Superbike, MotoA, and all that. And the main reason why it's, it's not because their tracks are better than our tracks, or, or they're you know they're, they're faster than we are. It has nothing to do with that. Um, well, one, they have Cadwell Park, which we'll talk about yeah, in a second, which was fucking amazing. That's all I can say. It was like anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, their their Superbike class, they don't have a whole lot of rider aids so it, it, it's old school proper racing you know it's it, they don't have a lot of that engine braking and tracks control and blah, 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 blah. So it's old school feel as a tire wears you adjust your body position you learn your racecraft changes you know all that instead of just it, it does too on a PlayStation bike right obviously but it's hitting all these buttons and switches and Sega Genesis and Nintendos and all that right (laughs) It's, it's 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 a little crazy um but Cadwell I went this year and Carl it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life when them guys come over that mountain jump it's it's uh I, I just said it. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed, man. For real. Minus next to my bucket list is the Isle of Man TT, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But it, dude, Josh Brooks, Ryan Vickers, man, when they four and five feet, their rear tires up off the ground, and you're standing there and you're like, bro, this is like crazy, right? It's, it's uh, poetry and emotion, and it's just nothing but love. Send it. It's, it's, magical that's all i could say uh it, but uh, also uh carl the, the track is like this wide right yeah super narrow yeah and once you come over the mountain course uh the track it well it's narrow anyway but uh you got tires on stacks of tires on both sides so it, it goes from like an open course all the way through to where you get to the mountain jump and then it closes off so it's kind of like a little uh island man tt course right because you don't want to make a mistake you're not really hauling that much ass through there i mean they are don't get me wrong but um yeah it was just it blew my mind and there's certain sections where i could live me and you could go and we could sit there and stand and the riders when they're coming by they're like eight feet from us and it's just crazy how close you can get on on some of those sections
1: yeah that's that's one of those tracks that i definitely want to hit if i ever go overseas there that's an iconic one
0: so uh I showed up real quick and, uh, yeah, met these two really good lads, Paul and my buddy Malcolm. I didn't have to get a rental car. They come pick me up every day. They took me to Cadwell on Wednesday, um, walked me around the track. It was, uh, yeah, it, I, I, it's a magical place. It really is. And so, and I tell everybody, because I get asked the question a lot, Carl, what do we do better? Right. Uh, dude, Moto America to me is the best at what they do as far as, uh, it's like an open pit, right? So you don't have to have a special $300 pit pass from MotoGP or a special pass in BSB or World Superbike, you know, just to get up and close to the riders. You know, as you know, it's $80 for the weekend or whatever it is. And I can go find Carl over there. What is up, Carl? What's going on, my man? How you doing? How you feeling this weekend? You know, Bob, can I get a picture autograph? Yeah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and. And uh, that's where we achieve. Right. And I love that about Moto America. And I think that if all the other race organizations would would have that same standard, um, I think it would help grow the sport even more. Because, I mean, let's just be honest. You were a fan of sport but, but before you, you turn into the legend of you. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying that legend. Carl Legend. Yes, that's it. That's your new nickname, by the way, Legend.
1: I uh, like it. I'll take it.
0: Yes, good, good. Uh, it needs to be on the bike, too. No, I'm just playing.
1: Um, I'll, I'll see what I can do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, look, Ross is showing you his bike. Yeah, he got a gas, gas. 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 Nice. Yeah. think it's sweet. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's magical. Uh, I highly recommend it. You you would. But that's where we achieve, though, for real, is... is because uh, when you're a fan of the sport, when you when you go to a race, I man, you, you have expectations of seeing your, your favorite rider and, and getting a picture and stuff, right? And when you get there and you figure out you got to have this special pass just to even get close to them, unless you end up going away from the circuit and happen to run into them somewhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is not very likely. Uh, but that's where we excel at, as Moto America, um, easy access, right? So and also for our young. Kids, when they come, right? And, and they see their favorite rider. Like Rossi, we went to VR the last two years because um, I'm close to that. I, I go every year, but rossi he wanted to go the last two so we went and he's literally running around the paddock i don't, I don't know if you've seen him long hair blonde hair. you seen him he's running around the paddock telling everybody hey man you dropped your pencil and they look down and he just start laughing right i'm talking about he'd run underneath the tents where people are like you can't go in there rossi and he's just, he runs up in there he'd tap you on the shoulder and be like hey man you dropped your pen and they would look down and look at him because here's this kid right with long hair just making this joke and he'd laugh and take off and yeah man it was awesome to see so he goes up to jake gagne and and jake gagne i see him standing there and he sees rossi doing it because he's going diagonally uh, down the whole alleyway right and he's standing there and he had a pin and uh Rossi went up to him and was like, hey man, you dropped your pen. And Jake dropped his pen before Rossi went up to him, right? He's like, Well, you, you talking about that one. And Rossi looks down. He's like, ha oh, no, this one, right? And they just had a, a, their moment. <laughs> he goes in there and he grabs a knee, slider, he signs it, give it to Rossi, and my son's smile was just like ear to ear. And he's like, Dad, this is so cool. I'm like, so you wouldn't get that nowhere else, is my point, right? It's yeah. it's it's, it's to me, it's everything. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. So yeah, listen, we've had enough bike talk, Carl. I want to know about what you do away from motorcycles, right? So uh, do you read books? What's your favorite book?
1: Oh man. Yeah. I love reading books. Uh, I've read a ton of books, favorite book. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, Man. I really liked uh, the Martian. I read about an engineer, I think, that gets uh he gets trapped on Mars. That was a really good book that I liked. Um I when I was younger, I read a lot of Michael Critton. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but I really liked like uh the Jurassic Park books that he wrote. Yeah. Um he had some other ones too, like a Strain. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I read a lot of science fiction books, uh, so I'm into that sort of stuff
0: nice yeah so I, I i read too well uh carl when i say read i listen to audiobooks, man because i find myself now that if i literally sit down and i get into a book uh, i i'm reading the back of my eyelids and uh, you know and then i wake up the next day i'm like man what the hell happened where an audiobook, it's like listening to a podcast like i throw it in yeah and, i was just gonna know. say you're
1: a podcaster that makes sense <laughs> right right so
0: audiobook to me is everything but yeah i mean i listen to a lot of my so the last one that i really listened to was david goggins his second one um which i recommend you you need to get uh his first one too it's really good and then of course me being the super fan that i am i got shaky burn john mcginnis i mean you name all uh guy martin i got so many pretty much any motorcycle racing book on audiobook this guy right here has and listens to it's uh um but uh star trek or star wars
1: okay yeah I've read some Star Wars books, Uh, I like those. Um, I also, I've gotten into some of the Halo books. I was big playing video games, Halo I liked
0: halo's good man so i'm big into the spartans and that's why i liked halo yeah it was the spartans, spartans, right? same, dude, man. i love dude the egyptian and, and the whole greek and that whole mythology with the spartans and the athenians and the battle of thermopylae man this is a whole other subject me can get into for sure because i love that shit man. oh yeah uh,
1: history is great i can I, it really I, is. i love human history it's interesting
0: and and, and that's one thing like uh so uh I hated Lorenzo. Like I, I I okay, I take it back. I don't want to say hate. Hate such a bad word. I tell my son don't ever use it. Uh the dislike because I'm such a huge Rossi fan, right? Obviously I, if a yeah. fan, Right, right. So when you see somebody, you're like and then when he come out with that Spartan thing, I was like okay. You know, you kind of won me over just this much, right? <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't dislike you, but this much, you know. The, I was this like, is more,
1: you know. And he also like so. I, I'm totally with you on that. I thought the same thing. I was like, damn, that's good. Kind of wish yeah, Ross did that. Right, but then yes. he he also had the Moon Man helmet, and I love that Moon Man helmet. He planted like a flag. I was Dude. like, ah, oh, that's fucking. It's good. Our, yes, it's good yes it's good cool. you're good
0: okay okay yeah. you just come up my scale a little bit more i get yeah. it yes yes you're winning me over but n- now that he's retired man you know lorenzo was a beast you can't take nothing from him because on his day man he was just butter and hammer it was yeah. it was over right just like stoner and, and just like rossi but yeah uh, an alien yeah. absolutely um but yeah i do like to to read man um and my last motorcycle book was actually shaky burn um which was really good um yeah i love uh bsb oh by the way uh did do you watch bsb
1: uh just the highlights yeah i haven't, well, I haven't seen
0: many of the actual you, races you can watch it for free and i tell everybody this uh, unlike any other racing out there in the world it's staying where they do better too bennett's british Superbikes.com 2024 click on it it has a live uh you can either listen to the commentary live as they're out there on the track it's called tsl it brings it up or you can watch the live video of them actually racing and it's all free and i love that but dude when we get off here well i know you're at work you gotta go back but when you have some time you need to go back and, and google the 2023 the last race of the year um okay. come down to the to the whoever won it took the championship and it was That's awesome magical i mean the last MotoGP gp race we just had was really good yeah, right? that right?
1: was super good what
0: but this no is spoilers. even better no, yeah, okay. This is even better, right? Right? And and to me the last World Superbike race was a little bit better than the MotoGP race and, and I guess the the main reason why I say that, man, yes it was very proper racing. I hated that Johnny Ray um, you know, ended up wrecking out, but uh you know, it, it, it was a, a kind of a goodbye for, for top rack and Johnny and, and switching teams and, and all that good stuff. But it was proper racing too. I mean, it was one L of a battle, right? It was, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, yes. And then of course with the GP, everybody knows man. that, that dude, if Pekka would have made that pass on the outside. Uh, oh, Jorge, yeah. that was
1: crazy. Dude. That was, so legendary. Deep. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah he came really close you know he's got balls to even do that because you're off the line it's slipped dirty part of the, the track, track you know? man, championship on the line you know jorge's chasing you breathing down your neck he's more than breathing down your neck oh he's yeah right, he's here, still right still here right he yeah, he's nipping neck. at the See? heels you yep. so uh awesome so let me ask you this uh do you believe in aliens
1: uh, I believe with how vast the universe is, uh, it seems unlikely that there wouldn't be uh, other life out there. Okay, okay, But I won't say I fully believe one way or the other. There's, no, yeah. There's no yeah, evidence. I
0: see. No, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, do, do, are you a flat earther? Because a lot of people say, oh, the earth is flat.
1: Well, 70, 71% of the earth is uh, water, right? And it's right. not carbonated. So technically, it's flat. <laughs> But no, uh, the Earth is round. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm messing with you, man. I like it. I like it, dude. Favorite movie? Oh wow, uh, it's either Hot Rod or Dumb
0: and Hot Dumber. Rod. Dude, Dumb and Dumber is magical. Hot Rod's good too, but yes, Dumb and Dumber is. Oh, that's oh, that's man. a classic, yeah. dude. was smiling on that moped. I got all the yeah, dude. It was yeah, oh, I yeah. cried laughing on that movie, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, celebrity crush celebrity crush
1: I don't even know that's um that's a good question um I okay I I don't know what my my current celebrity crush is um, but I can tell you back in the day my first celebrity crush was the pink Power Ranger she was smoking
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Kimberly. Power yeah. Kimberly. Yeah. That was announced. Trying to think of her name. Kimberly. You're right. Yeah.
1: That, now. I. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's go. Uh. Uh. If If we made a movie about you, what actor would play you in your movie? Ooh.
1: Interesting question. Um. Hmm. I don't know. Mm. Well, good, good question. I, everyone, everyone I'm thinking of is going to be like older than me, and it's like I would need someone
0: younger, right? Um, well, they got CGI, man. I mean, look, look at Tom Cruise. He's he's thirty years old, and he's like ninety, right? I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. Um, Marky Mark, maybe.
0: <laughs> Marky, but Ma- I like it. Mark Wahlberg, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, man. So I, I was a huge fan of Mark, not his music, but man, I like him in his movies, man. Mark Mark's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Such a good guy. He's uh yeah, the other guys, man. That movie has me cry I love that. Oh, movie. yeah. That movie is The, the
1: good other one.
0: guys is awesome. So uh uh I asked you uh earlier, uh Star Wars or Star Trek, which one do you uh do you prefer? Star Wars or Star Trek? I'm I'm Star Wars, yep. Me too. I am a Star Wars nerd. Everybody knows. I watch Ahsoka, The Mandalorian, all the Star Wars, all the cartoons. I watch it all together, and it's uh, yeah, man. Who don't want a lightsaber, right? Know, Everybody right? in their life that's ever listened to this, you always wanted to force choke somebody. Don't yeah. don't don't lie. Don't and, lie to yourself.
1: Uh, I wanted the the Boba Fett uh, uh jump pack too. You know, the, uh,
0: yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Just put Jetpack. it on and be like, you know? I'm out. Yeah. You know? S- deuces see you guys later yeah that's
1: god yeah and then when they were doing the pod racing that's like oh. space motorcycles sign bro. me up
0: dude that i love that yeah oh. dude. It, through movie- Endor, through the woods on yeah. the oh, bro yeah on those little uh speeder bikes the speeder ones yeah man yeah. It was, sign uh, me up absolutely sign me up so uh would you ever ride the Alaman tt
1: oh absolutely that's another bucket list track yep
0: yeah so i, I have a good buddy uh adam um he actually goes out there and rides and and it's uh proper right i mean my buddy forrest i had him on the podcast he actually he he races it too and then joey thompson we had him on he right he races that and he's going to the macau and oliver's mountain and and all that good stuff that's those are to, to me the the tt is my favorite race of the entire year bsb is my favorite race series because of the they don't really have any rider aids, right? This, this is your rider aid and, and all that good stuff. So it's uh, but the TT, bro, that's a uh, such a magical place, right? It's different, different set of balls, of course, right, and different mentality, uh, different mindset. It's uh, it's something you don't tackle unless you you've you know played many years probably on a playstation and renting a car and went over there and, and drove the course and just every bump line turning and break this that you know there's yep. so much that that goes into it, and i highly commend but to me the craziest ones of all is the side cars not the guy oh, driving yeah. it but the guy sitting the in the monkey. side of it the monkey yeah, yes dude that would you do crazy. that
1: Oh yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat. Dude, right. I I would rather be the, you know, the guy operating the motorcycle, but I've done, I've been a monkey before and I would do it, but man, I would have to really trust whoever it was.
0: Right. So d- dude, what was it like being a monkey?
1: I was awesome. Like, I, I mean, cause it's like, I don't know. I've never done anything like that before, but you see what, you know, the monkeys do on uh on TV. So, I, you know, I'm trying to emulate that, like hang off the thing as much as possible. And then like, you know, you're dragging a bunch of stuff on the ground. You wouldn't normally drag. And then like, you also have to make sure you're not getting into the tire. Like when you're hanging off, like I kept rubbing on the tire a bit, but man, that's a lot of work. Like you think for just being a passenger, you wouldn't be so tired, but you're, you're jumping around from side to side so much that like, it's a lot of work and like, you got to be smooth with the transition too. The other thing is like, you got to, you gotta like know your partner like whoever it is like when they're gonna turn when they're gonna the brakes what are they gonna do because you have to time all your stuff to line up with it if you get out of sync like it throws everything way off and and it's also just it's it's unique because like those things turn so much better one way than they do the other so it's like it's just a different kind of mindset when you're going around the track and like it's just really interesting you know i haven't done enough of it but like i've done enough that i'm like this is cool I'd love to get in a super sidecar sometime and, like, you know, really try it
0: out properly. Yeah, that's that class right there is, is, uh, like I said, the most fascinating. It really is because it's, yeah, it's, it's two wheel race. Well, three wheel racing, technically, right? Let's just be honest. It's got three wheels on it. Um, but the style, you know, get having trust in that, that trust in that bond. Plus, plus, uh, the monkey sitting on the side's got to know the track inside and out, every bump inside and out, just like the, the, the driver does right the rider yeah. so it's 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 super important and it's awesome but listen carl bro what an honor it was to have you on we're coming up on an hour man and i know you're busy at work and uh i know you got to get back into it man so listen let's do a part two OK. All right. I yeah, I'm in. It's, it's definitely been fun. Yeah. Let's yeah. Good. It. Good. I was hoping I was going to ask you if, if you had fun, because listen, y'all, when we get off here, he's actually going to delete my number and tell me to <laughs> F off on Facebook. I ain't doing this no more right now. I'm just. Yeah. You know hard. where to find me. Yeah. yeah, right, <laughs> have now. yeah, yeah. I, I'm just joking. But yes, what an honor, man. Listen, it, I, I, an honor. I, I keep saying this. Yeah. Let's do a part two. But before I close this out and get off here. Carl, tell everybody how they can follow the legend himself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you can check me out. I've got my website. Uh, it's just my name, carlsoltis.com. Uh, if it's easier to remember, you can also do supercarlracing.com. Both will take you to the same place. Um, on socials, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, um, Carl Soltis for both Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, you know, supercarl will also get you there. Uh yeah, so um give me a like, give me a follow. Um I post tons of cool riding videos all the time to YouTube and I'm always posting content from the uh the season uh, and all the races and stuff I'm going to on uh Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah, like follow up tell your friends. Buy some merch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, dude yeah, yeah, exactly what he said. Everybody buy some merch, man. He's got merch. We got merch. Everybody's got merch. Just reach out and definitely hook everybody up. But, again, what an honor to sit down with the legend myself. You guys know who I am. I'm Chris the show Simcoe. This is going to be out on Spotify, iHeart, and all that good stuff tomorrow. And if you missed it, guess what? You can go back and rewatch it right now as soon as I end this video on Facebook or YouTube. And, like I said, tomorrow. But, anyway, what an honor. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate everybody that watched and, and comments and likes and subscribes and all that good stuff. And the legend himself, my man, Carl. Thank you. Until next time.
1: Thank you.